We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat Shalom. So I stand here with gratitude um, for the Shekhyanu moment and um, gratitude to Rabbi David Ingber, who's in Israel teaching now. Gratitude to um, my musicians and my singers, and um, that's where I started. And I want to just say that I am imagining two petite women sitting in the front, and um, one is my mother, Dr. Aurora Rivera, who was tiny, and my mother-in-law, Mona Corman, who was also tiny. They would both be sitting right up front, especially Mom Mona. She was petite in stature, but she would always lift herself up to be in front of the parade, to be in front of whatever event there was. And my mother made every event for herself count, and she made every patient be count, uh, feel that they are counted and seen. So what does it mean to be counted? Especially this week in our parasha, Parashat Pinchas, again talks about a second census. In this census, the Israelites have already crossed through the wilderness, and the purpose of the second census is to determine the equitable distribution of the land. The land that they are seeing right there in the horizon, the land that is, has been promised the land of Canaan, the land of other people. So before the second census, a first census was taken. So way back in, in, um, in the book of Bamidbar, the wilderness. And in that census, Moshe, Moses, received a divine order. And that was to take a head count of the assembly. And, but this head count, who really here? Let me just look. I'm just scanning. I'm scanning. Because this particular head count said, Ben Esrim Shana Umala. So, young men of 20 years and up. Hmm. The purpose of counting that was that because they were going to go through the wilderness. Fair enough. They had to be counted as legions, one man each to a leader of a household of his fathers. So let's go to the words in Hebrew. It says, Seu, Seu et Rosh, Kol Adat Bnei Israel. Seu doesn't say count. What's the Hebrew for count? What? Yeah, so, Mispar, you know. That's numbers. We want some numbers. But here it's saying se'u. Se'u means actually to lift up. Right? So here we are. 
we are trans, we are here looking at this translation of, of counting. It's actually literally to lift up, to lift up the head, right? So the Ramban, a medieval commentator from, uh, from Iberia, from what we know now as Spain, said that Seu implied that if the people are deemed worthy, they would be lifted up. If not, there would be suffering. And that is to say that you're actually lifting up a head, literally, right? It's not just one, two, three. It's one, right? Two. You're seeing a face. So in 1990, a census was taken in this city, a massive effort to collect information and account for each person where? At his or her usual residence. Right, the place where that person lives and sleeps most of the time. So they had to get an accurate counting because the government needed data so that monies can be distributed for job training, for housing assistance. So as you can imagine, the New York City officials said that the census managed to miss some 300,000 people. 300,000 people were missed in this counting, a really large number. And of course, we, they found out that a large, this large num a, a large number of this number were minorities who lived in low-income urban areas. Census taking. Anybody here in the 1990s with this census? Right? So that same summer, I got cast in a play downtown. And the topic and the title was called The Census Taker. Anyone know? Who was in street theater, theater for the new city? So in order to prepare for, these for our characters, we listened to homeless advocates, and some of these advocates had been homeless, and not just homeless, some of them had been mole people. Mole, M-O-L-E, mole people. And who were these people? They were thousands of the forgotten New Yorkers who lived underground. Like they lived underground in the rail, uh, the railroad and sewage tunnels and in the, in frescoed waiting rooms in long forgotten subway stations in the tunnels. And they often lived alone or sometimes in communities. So in this Torah reading, we have a version of mole people. They emerged because the accounting was about who was eligible to be ahead of a family to receive land. So the traditional law, the tradition was that the men were counted, right? Like 20 years old and up. So enter five daughters, right? The daughters were called Tselofakad. Like I always tell my, my, my Hebrew school students, you know, names in, in, in the Torah, names, names in the Bible, you know, they're not like Brittany or something like that, right? Or, you know, Muffy. It's, there are names that mean something, right? So the, f the five daughters, right? I wish their names were bestowed on more girls. There were Noah, let's see. Mahla, Noah, Milcha, Tirza, like names that are not in Chogla, uh, right? 
So these daughters, I say, really were like the mall people, and they emerged out of the cell, cell of God, out of the shade, the shadow of pachad, of fear. And they emerged and they challenged Moses. They went to the head honcho and said that regarding the standing law that only sons could inherit the land, there is a problem here. Their father, the male figure, their Abba Tzalofchad, had died. And so these women who were unmarried would be with Nula, with nothing. Ephes, zero. Right? They didn't have a protector. Once they reached Canaan, when they had no right to inherit, they would have no land. They would be dependent on who knows. So the Torah says that Moshe took this petition before God. I can imagine Moshe doing this. And what he heard was this, that the daughters of Tzalafchad speak rightly. You shall surely give them a secure holding in the midst of their father's brothers. And this changed the law of inheritance. So by coming in here, you are counted and you are lifted in this space. You come to this prayer community and this prayer community is about lifting up. It's not everything. We don't do everything yet, but we lift up. It is said, the psalmist, King David said, So again, lift the gates, right? Lift your gates and lift up your heads, your rosh, and, and let, let it be that you lift up the doors that are eternal and the sovereign of glory shall come in. So you came here, you found your keva, you found your sp fixed spot for this moment, you pitched your tent, and if you're a new Sometimes it can be an ungraceful process. I ask you to dare to believe the promise of the banner, the banner of Yehuda, under which we all stand, the banner of our belief in Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Dare to be ungraceful, and dare to call out, and dare to fall, and dare to say to somebody, hi, and dare to say hi and actually see someone. Oftentimes to say, wish peace to the next person, we do this, right? And raising is something else, right? We, when we raise, we raise from, from our feet. That's why when in the Amidah, we have feet together. You take that energy and you lift up, you raise your head and you are counted, not just by lifting your eyes like so and letting our stubborn bodies remain like in the osteoporosis of shame, but let us turn our bodies to each other and let it turn and lift it up. And instead of, instead of shame, let us do some heavy lifting ourselves. If you have to lift the next person with their armpits, lift them up. Every person, claim it, has a place, and that place is vital to the rest of the camp. And one, when one falls, then everyone else has to pick the other up or else the whole, the shlemut, the wholeness will be disrupted. Could you ever imagine that when you support the misfit who cannot fit, when it is the last thing on your mind that you cannot be hobbled by their hobbling, you never know where they could lead you. My bracha 
for you today. My bracha for me, for us. I see you in me. I see me in you. Is that even if the person in front of you does not seem be'inayim, no, you don't find grace in their eye, you know, in their eyes, chen be'inayim, and it, even though a person might not seem to qualify to be counted, remember that their story is being written as yours is being written. And although we are encamped in our various positions, our political positions, our uh, views on Israel, our views on the subway, our views on this city, our views on, dare I say, the White House. Let us keep our eyes on the banner in front of us. The banner of Yehuda, let us move in the words of Rashi. And listen carefully, there's going to be a test. Ke'ish echad, say that with me. Ke'ish echad, like one man, human being, right? Ke'ish echad, belev echad. Belev echad. Ke'ish echad. Belev echad. Like one human with one heart. Here's the test. This side of the room is going to say, Ke'ish echad. You answer, Belev echad. Wait, here's the next one. Ke'ish echad. Keep going. Begin. Like one human with one heart. And if you're able, please stand.